Welcome to the Big Dreams, Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter, and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business, and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dreams, Great Teams podcast. I'm excited about today's episode because it's diving in to lots of incorrect things that I hear people saying about interviewing. So today we're debunking common myths, I hear said about interviewing. And I'm going to share with you six. So let's dive straight in and debunk six common interview myths. So the first myth that I hear people saying all the time, and perhaps it's something that you have said or done yourself, and that is that you can run an interview without a set of prepared questions and still think it's effective. So that is a really common myth. And the reality is, No, you can't. You cannot run an interview without having done some preparation, without having a structure and expect it to be an effective interview. And that word effective is what's important here. Sure, maybe if you are a really experienced recruiter who has prepared hundreds of interviews before and executed them and can just draw on you questions on the spot, perhaps maybe you can get away with it. But me, who has literally interviewed thousands of people, I still prepare. Going into an interview without a set of prepared questions, without having given some thought to what you want to ask and what you want to assess is a really surefire way to end up with an ineffective interview. And an ineffective interview is simply one where you don't have the information that you need to be able to make the decision that you need to make after having an interview with somebody. So recently I was on site with a client the other day. And they sprang on me a last minute interview that they had arranged because they knew that I was going to be in the office. So what did I do even as an experienced interviewer who has literally interviewed thousands of people? I literally paused and took 30 minutes to prepare. I thought about the key attributes that we were looking for, the key skills that that role needed, and I mapped out questions and a flow that would support me and us to dig into that information and I used them. So that's the first myth that I want to debunk today. The second myth that I hear people saying all the time is that prepared or structured interviews equals a formal or awkward interview. So if you're preparing or if it's structured, then it's automatically going to be awkward. And no, that is not the case. Ask any of my clients who have worked with me to prepare their interview questions. Great interview questions flow. They provide you with a way to be in control of the conversation and they provide you a way to stay on track, to assess the right things and not get sidetracked with irrelevant conversations, letting the other person lead the conversation or sort of make a decision based on emotion as opposed to reality. So structured and prepared does not have to equal awkward. In fact, I'd like to suggest that being prepared helps you to not be awkward. 
and you can prepare what to say so that you aren't awkward in any moment in the interview. You can prepare how to phrase what you really want to ask and what you really want to know in a way that sounds great. And it's so much better than trying to think on the spot, gosh, how can I ask this thing that I really want to ask? Because often and typically it either comes out wrong or you can't think fast enough on the spot how to phrase it well. And so you don't ask the question, you dodge it, and then you never get the information that you need and want. The third myth is that one standard set of interview questions are fine and can be applied across lots of roles. And again, no, that is incorrect. I actually get asked all the time if I have a standard set of questions that I can share, that somebody can borrow or use. My response is, yes, of course, I have a massive list of questions that I draw from, but the ones that are right for you, they will come from what you're trying to assess. So I can give you 150 questions, but I can't give you top 10 standard ones that you can apply to every role. So I spent a bit of time over in London and I went for an interview with a large investment bank. And in that interview, I actually got asked one of those random Russian roulette interview questions. You know, one of those ones where it's like, there's a gun with bullets in it. You know, there's eight chambers, there's seven bullets put in. I pulled the trigger. It didn't fire. What would you do next? Would you spin the chamber or would you fire it? So one of those funny little questions. And I often wonder in hindsight what they were trying to assess by asking me that question. Were they trying to assess my ability to think under pressure or if I could do some like quick, simple maths, number of chambers on the spot or how brave I was in the face of imminent danger with a gun apparently being pointed to my head in this scenario they were presenting? Surprisingly, I got that job, so I must have answered it okay. But what I want you to hear is the right question starts with what you want to know. So do you want to know how somebody operates under pressure? Do you want to know how somebody operates under stress? If so, give them a stressful scenario and see how they respond. But for you to ask that of somebody who's not going to face stress, say somebody who sits in a data entry role, mostly works on their own and doesn't really face pressure or deadlines or surprise situations, that wouldn't be an appropriate question to ask them because you would be assessing something that wasn't relevant to their role. Myth number four that we're debunking today is the myth that you never really know if somebody is lying. And I'm here to say, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you do. Yes, you can find that out. And the way you know is by testing it. So, so many times people say to me, but you know, how do you ever know if somebody's lying? You never really can get to the truth. No one ever really tells the truth in interviews, right? And I disagree with that. And my response is, if something is that important to you to know, then you need to test it. You need to run a show me scenario or a show me test and get the person to literally show you that they can do the thing that they're saying they can do. So if you're hiring a salesperson, get them to sell you their pen or their t-shirt. If you're hiring someone who needs to be able to interpret finances to be a successful general manager, for example, give them an example of some financials. Give them a P&L and ask them what stands out to them. If you're hiring someone who needs to be really great and understand tax or GST, then ask them some really specific tax-related questions to get to the heart of their knowledge. 
If you're hiring somebody who needs to be able to write in a way that suits your brand or write in a certain tone of voice, give them a writing task. So you'll see that by actually testing it, you get to move right away from the person's interpretation of if they can do it in the way that you want. And you get to strip away someone's ability, in inverted commas, to lie. In my first business, it was a more traditional HR consulting business. So I was hiring in HR consultants. And we also used to run lots of training sessions for clients and at conferences. So one of the things that anybody that worked for me and that was applying to work with me as a HR consultant, they needed to be good at presenting. They needed to be willing and good at getting up and running training presentations all the time. So the third round interview that I had was for them to come in and deliver a short presentation to me on a topic that I had given them the day before. Now, I specifically gave them the brief the day before. So no earlier than that, just late in the afternoon the day before. And oh, what did I learn through that experience? Some people came in the next day talking about how they didn't receive enough time and they would be better if they were able to be more prepared. And that told me a lot because a lot of the time my clients didn't give us a lot of time and we did have to go in and run with presentations and things that we already had and be able to sort of present on the spot. Some people's PowerPoint presentations were full of pictures. Some people had a lot of words. Some people pulled lots of definitions and read them out. And it just told me so much about the person, about their style. So you can see that because it was really important to me, I shifted right away from your interpretation or their interpretation of how good they are at presenting and how they've done it before and what it's like. And I actually said, show me. So I essentially removed the potential for them to be able to lie about how they'd show up in front of my client. And better still, we got to talk about expectations, what was great, what I did and didn't like about the way they presented. And then I also got to assess how they received feedback because they were going to get a lot of feedback working from me. So that was another thing that I needed to assess and check that they could truly receive feedback. And it wasn't just something that they said that they liked to receive. Now, in my heart, I don't think that people deliberately lie in interviews. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you will have heard me talk a lot about assumptions and how assumptions cause so many problems when it comes to hiring and choosing the right person and when it comes to delegating and asking people to do work for us. So through this hiring stage, we need to remove the ability for anybody else to answer a question based on their previous assumptions and for us to assess using assumptions about what we think they can or can't do. And one of the best ways to do it is to test it. So rather than thinking, is this person lying to me? Just go in there with a little bit more of a detective hat thinking, hmm, okay, I think you're pretty good. Prove it. Number five, a really common interviewing myth that I hear, and that is that interviewing people comes naturally to you when you're a CEO, a leader, or a hiring manager. And it just doesn't. This is just not true. It's rarely skill that people naturally have. And it's certainly not one that suddenly appears just because you've been promoted into a leadership role within a corporate or within a business, or because you've decided to embark in business for yourself as an entrepreneur. Lots of people absolutely do interview well. And a lot of people are able to naturally make really great hiring decisions for themselves without having had specific interviewing training. So that is the case. 
my observation is that those people usually have a structure that they work within and they're usually naturally quite detail-minded and detail-orientated. So their brain is the sort of brain that naturally wants to drop down into the detail and that's what they're doing in those conversations. But if you're like a lot of entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs and a lot of my clients, your brain likes to stay up in ideas mode, in potential mode, seeing the opportunity in people and seeing the potential in people. And the art of interviewing and getting specific and getting down to the heart of what someone can do, can't do, how they like to do it and how they don't like to do it is actually unlikely to come naturally to you. The sixth myth that I want to talk about today is that interviewing for your own business is the same as interviewing in a corporate role that you had before. Hell no is what I want to say to this one. Maybe it is a bit similar insofar as the concept of what you're doing. Maybe it's a bit similar times like 100 billion when it comes to the amount of emotion and how personal everything feels when you're going through the hiring process. So in fact, it's not really the same at all. I have worked with so many amazing women and men with epic corporate careers where they've held amazing leadership positions, where they've hired people, where they've grown amazing teams who simply struggle to interview for themselves when they're the CEO and they're the entrepreneur of their own business. And I'm here to normalize this. Hiring for you is a highly personal, highly emotional, highly challenging thing to try to do, especially in those early startup days, or even when we're in that establishing foundation, I want to say for the first like three to five years, it's really hard because you've got so many other things going on around you and you don't in any way, shape or form have the amount of time that you may have enjoyed time and space in a previous corporate role. So hiring, when you're hiring for yourself as a CEO of your own business, where you're the entrepreneur, it has to be highly structured so you can stay highly objective and make a decision that's going to be right for your business in the long term and not just one that feels right in that moment. Okay, so that's it. Those are the six biggest interview myths that I wanted to debunk with you today. And this was a little bit of a fun episode on the back of my recent strategic hiring keynote that I delivered at the Happy Lawyer, Happy Life conference at the beginning of November. And the link is that part of strategic hiring. So strategic hiring isn't making reactive fly-by-the-seat decisions. It's learning how to craft an interview so it gets you what you need. And that is ultimately the information to be able to make an epic hiring decision. So I hope that that has landed with you today. I'd love to know which one of these myths surprised you or that you agreed with. Let me know what landed. I absolutely love hearing from everybody and their feedback on the podcasts. And if you actually want to learn a little bit more about interviewing and start to work on building that art and skill of interviewing, I actually have a self-paced masterclass, which I never talk about. So let me share it with you now. It's called Interviewing with Confidence, and you can find it over in the self-paced section of my website. So head on over to paulamaidens.com. One of the menus at the top is called self-paced. 
based. And then within that, you'll see that there's a tab called hiring and interviewing. And if you drop into that, there's a masterclass called hiring with confidence, interviewing with confidence. It's about 80 minutes and it's really starts to teach you the foundations of how to structure an interview gives you lots of example questions and really just so that you can start to build that skill of getting confidence. So if you're interested in that, go and check it out. I'll pop the link in the show notes and that's all from me. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back here next week. Until then, I hope you have fun. 